Let's kick off another episode of the World Series of Politics podcast, where Brendan Bussman and Grant Iden march down the field on key political, legislative, and regulatory developments in the gaming sector. As these titans square off on the issues facing the industry, this podcast highlights the current opportunities and challenges for expansion and reform. Let's see what the game plan is for this episode of the World Series of Politics. Welcome back to another World Series of Politics podcast. I'm your host, Brant Iden, along with Brendan Bussman. And it is great to be back from G2E in the driver's seat and uh, back on the podcast, Brendan. Great to see you and, and to speak to you. I mean, we were just together for a week, but it's great to see you again, my friend. No, it is always great to have you back on the podcast. As, as uh, you know, you were uh, labeled to be in that undisclosed location on the last one when we talked about... Uh, the wonderful state of sports betting uh, in the state of Missouri and, and graciously had our guest from the uh, Cardinals on. Um, and as I, as I like to say, we'll see what happens in the state of Missouri in 2024 as, or as, as we've been at it for the last five years, the state of misery. Uh, as That's, it right. That's right. Sports betting. So, you know, we, we're glad you're back. We're glad you're here. Uh, it was great to see you. It was great to see everybody at G2E. What are your thoughts on the show? Man, it was it was a great show. I will tell you what I, I was uh, I saw so many of uh, of our listeners at the show and got a lot of great compliments as we always do. A lot of great ideas for future podcasts, which was great. Uh, it was it was a tremendous show. It, it was absolutely a, a tremendous show. I will say this: this is probably the busiest show that I've had in quite a while. And and perhaps it's because of my new role. Perhaps it's because we're finally coming out of COVID, maybe a little bit of both. But I will tell you what, it was great to see friends. This I, I will say, we have tried now, I think, for the better part of two G2Es to, to do a show live. And you and I just get so busy, we we never are able to connect on this. And I'm gonna blame that. I'm gonna blame the Wonder Kid as well. You know, our our fearless producer, uh, you know, can't get us together sometimes. It's his job to corral us. You know, I gotta blame him a little bit too. Bro. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll push the blame on him because he's technically not on on the on the podcast right now. So that's right. Blame, that's right. We can blame the guy not in the room, but you know, we do need to do one of these live, and and maybe maybe it's gonna be ice this year because I know ice last year you couldn't make. That's right. Uh, and maybe we'll get there. Um, but I will agree with you. It was a great and busy G2E, you know, for the largest gaming show in America and in, in the Americas and, and the uh, second largest in the world uh, in being able to do that. Ice being obviously that, which is a phenomenal show as well that I know hopefully we'll get you out this year, even though both of us will be on the plane back to the Super Bowl in Vegas right afterwards uh, and being able to do that. But you know, it was great to see a lot of friends, got to see, great to see a lot of uh, new acquaintances. And, you know, it was great to talk about everything. Being this is the World Series of Politics, um, you know, I've talked about everything from the UAE to Brazil to the U.S. and everywhere in between. In fact, you know, one of the last things I did on the show is, as it was closing out on Thursday was not only run into a, a good friend of the of the shows in, in Hugo, uh, but uh, did a few other things as related to Brazil on the way out the door. But uh, it was great. 
Well, I know, I know you were working on that. And as you say, you know, you and I will be on a plane right after ice to come back to Vegas for Super Bowl. It, I, you know, I've already got, I've already got PTSD. We've got obviously F1 coming up. Uh, then we've got Super Bowl coming up. Uh, you know, and, and I, and I have to share this, as you mentioned, Hugo, right? Like I'm still in recovery mode from Vegas five days later now. And I'm, you know, I mean, I'm still, uh, bouncing back from Vegas on the very last day of the show. I knew you were, you were working on some Brazil stuff. I think you had pinged me. And I, and of course, Hugo, our very good friend, I had not seen him the entire show and I wanted to catch up. And I saw you guys on Thursday after, maybe Thursday mid-morning, standing, you know, sort of the entrance to the to the show floor. And and I breathed out, well, I should go over there. And you guys weren't throwing some conversation. There were a lot of hand gestures. Everybody was very passionate about whatever you were talking about. And and I thought, I should go over there. And then I thought, I can't, I can't do it. I'm beat. I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted. My I had lost my voice at that point in time. And uh, and so, Hugo, uh, I sent an apology. I, I know you're a good friend of the show. And I'm sorry we did not get a chance to connect at the show. But I was just beat on Thursday afternoon. And I headed for the airport. So I owe him one. Well, well, I I, uh, I was sitting there as I as uh, we were talking, Hugo and I. That is, and I'm like, I wonder if Brandon and Hugo ever ran into each other at the show. So you must have had that that uh, aura around you that you were your presence was there, but fully understand, you know, of you needing to get to the airport. You know, I will say my voice was shot at that point. I uh, I had to turn around still into a whole another day, full day on Friday of people that were still in town. So uh, you at least were able to bug out. And then I started back over at the beginning of the week with another set that came into Vegas. So, oh man, uh, it was God, good. God, God bless you for doing it. I, I hit the whole weekend on the couch, I believe, as I was back. So, yeah, but now we're, but hey, look, but we're back. We're firing. We've got uh, just a, a lot going on. Obviously, we're going to focus a little bit on the U.S. Um, I know we wanted to hit, well, you, actually, you led with it, Brendan, uh, World of iGaming. You know, there's a, a lot of talk at the conference about what iGaming looks like in 2024. Um, some of your initial thoughts based upon what you heard and, and what you're thinking. Well, you know, I think there's a host of different things. And obviously, you know, we've talked about it on this show, whether it be U.S., whether it be Europe, whether it be, uh, you know, Brazil and Latin America and Asia and all of that. There's a different facet of where this goes across the globe and where things are at. Uh, and that's what's so great about this show is we can talk about all of it and learn off of everything's everyone's successes uh, while obviously, you know, catering it to what works best in the local market. And obviously, there continues to be a lot of conversations, especially being that, you know, G2E is a U.S. focused show and, you know, it is is very much focused on what's happening in the U.S. with the American Gaming Association, that there's just a deep desire to keep pushing the iGaming momentum forward. But as you and I both know, and as you and I have sat there in legislative sessions and state halls, uh, state house halls around the around the throughout the country, that it's not an easy topic to get there. And education is obviously a key component of that. But the the industry continues to evolve in a very uh, fast and productive way as technology moves to enhance these games, to improve these games, to improve KYC and and payments and everything else. So. It's an exciting future ahead. It's just a matter of when, not if anymore, as these continue to come to fruition. 
Well, I'm going to throw another log on the fire there. Uh, the other thing I really it think. that time of year that you can throw logs on the fire. Yeah, well, I, well it, until I go down to Florida, that is. But yeah, I mean, it's freezing yeah. here in Michigan at the moment. That's probably also the problem. I left beautiful Vegas to come back to Michigan where it's cold. No snow yet, but it's getting there. Um, let me come back, though, to something that you said about iGaming and its expansion. Yes, it's an educational issue. Yes, that's been something that the industry has been working on. Uh, and it does take time. There's no doubt about it. But I also think that there's a new component and, and new from the standpoint of things are changing with state governments in terms of revenue. Uh, the COVID dollars, the federal money, uh, the Biden bucks have now slipped. They're gone. They've been spent. There's no more revenue coming in from the federal government. So it, to pad these state budgets, the dollars just aren't there. And I believe some of these states are going to be looking for new revenue without uh, seeking to increase taxes uh, on their citizens. And iGaming is potentially a way to get there in states that already have some uh, some form of, of gaming and more advanced gaming like mobile sports betting and other things. I think they're going to want to take a look at this. And so, you know, I'm a bit bullish. Uh, you know, I, I say that from the standpoint of I, I recognize that it's the negative about states not having money. But at the same time, uh, you know, I focus on Michigan and I have to, uh, which is in 34 months, uh, it's the first uh, of the eight states that now have iGaming. It's the first state in that short a period of time to get to a billion dollars. That's $1 billion with a B in state tax revenue. And and let's face it, a majority of that comes from iGaming. Sure, we have mobile sports betting uh, taxed at the second lowest tax rate in the country at 8.4%, uh, just slightly higher than yours out there in Nevada. But the, the iGaming uh, revenue that comes in is 2,700%. I always tell people this number, 2,700% higher than what we bring in from sports betting. And so let's face it, that $1 billion dollars, 80 some percent of it, 85 percent of it plus is coming from iGaming. And I think states need the money. Um, I, I would agree with you off of that. You know, I, I, I'm going to retort with a couple of things. First and foremost, obviously, you went very near and dear to me about talking about low tax rates. Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to. Well, that's why I had to call that out because I knew you were going to remind me it's the second lowest tax rate in the country. Well, it, it, it is. And, and you and I bantered back and forth with it when some very, very forward thinking legislator brought forward this iGaming bill to actually get this across the finish line to get a billion bucks into the coffers of Michigan, uh, which. I don't remember his name. Do you? I, it, was, it slips me at some point. Yes, like, yeah, well, yeah, you know, he was he was quite crafty at the time. And by the way, all uh, by the way, majority of that goes to K-12 education. So we do support kids and schools in the state of Michigan as well. No, Very important to recognize. Absolutely. But back to your point, you are going to run into states that, you know, need the money along the way. And they're going to go down that path. Now, the problem is with that is some of those states and we know who they are. They look at, at gaming as the golden goose and they want to kick out a bunch of golden eggs along the way and put that tax rate high. So I get it. I understand that. But, you know, you're going to have states that have to figure out how they balance that with saying innovation matters and being able to reinvest and do those sorts of things that it isn't just a matter of, hey, throw out a huge tax rate because we need to fill X budget hole. They need to actually look at it and say, how do we make this work in the most meaningful way for the industry, for the state, and wherever they're directing those dollars to, whether it be education or anything else, that is critical in being able to do that. 
So I feel like, you know, I feel like you're directing your comments at the state of New York and 51% tax rate and, and potentially a bill that's forthcoming from Senator Odabo or Assemblyman Brello here. I feel like you're sending a message, Brett. I, I, I have sent a message. I do remember the conversations even with both of them before sports betting. I won't mention that they told me one thing and did another. Uh, and, and we can honestly thank probably Governor Cuomo for that uh, a little bit uh, at that point in time, which... You know, yeah, New York's got a lot of freaking money coming into their their uh, coffers. But, you know, you sit there and look at, at who's dying on the vine and it's the operators out there in trying to make it work. Uh, and we'll see what happens. You know, the number that's been floated. Uh, I'm surprised I'm not at the emergency room having cardiac arrest again over something. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully can we can lower that rate down a little bit more in New York and, and not have to... Uh, parlay a few people into the bill so we can keep them off the sidelines and just do this straight up and, and have it go into to, to things that would help fund necessary programs within the state of New York. No, no, that's a, that, that's a very fair point. As you, as you talk about high tax rates, I'm, I have to just mention, and I know we've talked about it here on, on this podcast, but you know, it really does, high tax rates do have dire consequences. And I look at the state of Ohio that doubled its tax rate overnight on sports betting. I know I'm pivoting from iGaming to sports betting here for a minute, but you know, there have been uh, at least two that I know of, probably more that I don't, retail sports books that haven't opened in the state of Ohio. They were going to open and they just can't afford it now. And so the, the reality of it is, is that these, you know, these sort of policy implications have meaningful, long lasting effects on the industry. And so I think your point is very well taken. Yes, states need the revenue, uh, but you have to do it in a way that doesn't, uh, well, as you say, kill the golden goose, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that is, you know, that's critical in being able to do it. It's incumbent upon the industry to do that. But I know you're also going to run into situations, and I won't mention any states that we might have previously mentioned, that just ignored it anyway and threw a high tax rate because they needed to fill a budget hole, you know, sure. and that becomes sure. a problem. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, incumbent. You bring up Ohio, and I'm sure there'll be other examples that come down the way. Ohio only hurt the small guy and the ability to do retail because the numbers just don't work anymore. And that's, that's right. what happens when you have stakeholders that either, one, don't understand the industry, or two, don't care to understand the industry. Well, let's with our time left here. I do want to cover a couple more topics because there's a there's. I know we've chatted a little bit about iGaming, and I know we're going to have more conversations on the podcast as we get into it, and certainly as we get closer towards the first of the year, sessions start to ramp up here in the U.S. again, uh, legislative sessions that is, and we're going to talk more about bills that we're going to see. Uh, but let me just pivot to the excitement in Florida. Obviously, we spent uh, a, a, a number of these episodes talking about Florida. What's going to happen in Florida? Uh, look, exciting, interesting times, exciting times. However, you want to, however you want to say it. Well, we're under a stay now. Uh, this United States Supreme Court has gotten involved. We're now seeing state uh, Supreme Court activity as well. So we've got the state of Florida involved. We've got uh, Chief Justice Roberts, who's now weighed in and put a stay in place. I mean, wh where do you think that ends up? Where are we at with that? Well, I, I well, the the easiest answer is the lawyers are all going to make a hell of a lot of money. Um, yeah, that is true. <laughs> That we is know true. that, uh, you know, but but this is always the the uh, now that we're at, I'll call it a two front war. This is always the two front war that I anticipated was going to come um, when when the compact was signed. You know, you you had federal implications on how this was done. 
You had state implications on how this was done. And now it's, you know, it's full blown open to everything. Uh, how this goes, it'll be very interesting. Obviously, you know, part of this is going to be, I don't see, the one thing I think we can guarantee is I don't see a solution anytime soon. And I say that saying we're at least a month away from everything being filed before anybody can sit there and make a determination on everything. Because if we're pushing everything out to December 1st, that's when the clock really starts ticking. And that's sure. before you actually get into arguments. So, you know, does that mean, you know, anything happens in 24? I don't know, because you've got two fronts that could take this a long way, a short way, whatever else. And you've got outside and inside influences, you know, whether it means federally and, and, and both in the state level, as it relates to, to an election year and everything else along the way that could come into play off of this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's look, it's certainly been interesting. And I think that, you know, history, we're going to look back and say, you know, this was this particular case will set, I believe, some major precedents moving forward for tribal gaming and what that looks like. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, it will be interesting to see, obviously, where things stand federally. Uh, in order for the stay to remain in place, you know, the Supreme Court has to think that there are going to be four justices that would be interested in taking this matter up. Obviously, the Chief Justice seems to have interest. Whether or not his colleagues do or not, they're going to have to sort that out. Uh, and as you know, the Supreme Court does not take up many cases. So is this going to be one that hits their desk? We'll see. At the same time, on that, uh, that as you say, that second front, fighting things down in Florida, what does that look like? And, and uh, I, I think that what we've definitely seen is that West Flagler is is uh, playing the playing the entire field. They're going to keep working the working the issue. The Seminoles feel the same way, and um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. At this point in time, I I cannot handicap it, and I am not. I I, I will say this: usually, I'm pretty good about laying down a penal bet with you. I wouldn't even know which side to take on this one, so I'm not even going to throw this one out. Well, well, I I'm glad because I don't think I could take that because. It'd probably be another one of these, hey, I, you know, I thought I was going to get there off of one earlier this year on timing, but uh, I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd go down the Pinot uh, ballot, ballot, uh, ballot <laughs> way on this anyway, just because of uh, there's so many, uh, you know, it's almost a daily uh, turn of events as it relates to, hey, here's what so-and-so filed and this has been extended, this hasn't, you know, this party wants in. You know, it, it's going to be very fascinating off of this. And, you know, it, I think probably the one of the most fascinating arguments I've seen today is uh, as it relates to the state level, you know, you, you had a, a an interesting group come together in 2018 with the passage of Amendment 3. And it That's appears right. all, all friendships are off the rails at this point. And, uh, you know, they're all in their individual corners and, you uh, We'll see how this all goes, but uh, I think there's no love lost on how things were, uh, you know, finalized there and where they've gone since. Uh, uh, along no, the you're right. Obviously, obviously, you're referring to the no casinos effort. They've now weighed in in the state of Florida as well. Uh, look, I mean, this sort of things make interesting bedfellows, and so we'll see how this plays out. And, and one of the many topics that we're going to continue to cover over the course uh, of the next uh, couple months here before we get into 2024, we've got, and, and as I mentioned when we started, 
a lot of great topics to discuss. We're going to talk about, you know, the federal government and what their thoughts are on, on uh, getting involved in sports betting and potentially responsible gaming. I know we've got some thoughts there. We're going to see bills being introduced in the next month or so. We're going to have more guests on. It's been a long time since you and I have just done a show like this, and it was great catching up with you, man. Great no, show. No, absolutely. It's great. And I look forward to many of those conversations, you know, especially on the federal level where, you know, we're going to have to probably remind some of our guests about what this little thing is called the Constitution, but that's okay. Uh, there's probably a lot of members of Congress we need to remember who what's in the Constitution as well. So um, don't even get me started on that as we sat here without a speaker yet again today. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's so, many, so many topics we could cover on, on the World Series of Politics podcast. But, uh, hey, always great joining you. Uh, and we look forward to the next episode, which will be our Halloween episode, where I anticipate that Brendan will come dressed up as some sort of, you know, I don't I don't know what your outfit's going to be this year, Brendan. I, uh, you know, I haven't even thought about it because, uh, you know, in Nevada, not only is Halloween Halloween, but it is also Nevada Day. So it is a state I, holiday, technically. Naturally, I thought we would come as our favorite Cape Crusaders. So I've already well, purchased my costume for, for our for our Halloween episode. Well, I, 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 I now knowing that I will have to I will have to reciprocate and we, we will take care <laughs> of that. So and I look forward to that episode. So. Thank you all for joining us today, and uh, we look forward to having you on the next episode of the World Series of Politics. You've been listening to the World Series of Politics podcast with Brendan Bussman and Brent Eiden. We'll be back soon for the next coin flip. This has been an IGB production. For the latest news, views, analysis, and data on the global gaming industry, head to iGamingBusiness.com.